All right, everybody. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. We have a special guest today for the third time. Uh, yeah, Isaac Aylman. I'm trying this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Isaac Aylman with Eastman Arrows. Uh, or Easton, Eastman, Easton Arrows. Uh, you got to say it right, man. It's Alaman. Alaman. Uh, I don't know if I got that right or not. Isaac, though, I've known you for since Christ was a kid, man. How I've known you since 2008 or 9? 2008. We're going on 10 years, buddy. Mother of Pearl. Not that lasted other. longer than my marriage that I shouldn't even have had. That's a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, Lord. Yeah, Badlands. Mike uh, Mike Zutke, I think, introduced this. Yes, yeah, so Story Freak. I, I, was, I was brand new at Badlands and sales manager there, and uh, I got phone call from uh, one of our dealers saying, you got to check this guy out. He does some awesome reviews on a forum. And for everyone that doesn't know what a forum is, that was the That's where people get on and back in the day. talk shit. <laughs> That's what a forum is. <laughs> exactly. That's where you can find out stuff's the best. <laughs> we just did a podcast on what's, you know, the, the term the best and uh, how skewed that can be, you know, like... Um, uh, obviously the, the best may be because you're sponsored by them could be because you don't leave the house very often and it could actually be the best. So we did a podcast on that earlier today. But, uh, as we said, this is our third attempt. The first time, uh, we all said some dumb shit. We probably shouldn't know the second time the audio is screwed up. And now the third time, hopefully we knock it out of the park. Plus you, Frank, Casey, your son, uh, and a various amount of other people were just tearing it up on the Wasatch front, just sending it. So we got, we got that to talk yeah. about too. We sure do. Your, your kid shot a good buck. Yes, he did. I'll buy him a spawn stock. I'll buy himself. I wasn't there. Frank was the one, Frank was babysitting. And so Frank was the one there. And sure enough, my kid, uh, tagged out on a great buck, man. It was amazing. Then, I mean, he snuck in so close. He almost could have stabbed it. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he sure enough did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. So, uh, so yeah, but I mean, back, uh, uh, backtrack or a hair or whatever, you'd worked for, for Badlands, and, uh, I think I was using a bunch of different packs at the time, but, uh, I remember one of the things later on as I, I started to work at Kafaru. I, I believe I called, apologized, said, remember all the time I talked all that shit that you never called me back? And you said, man, I don't have time. I feel your pain now because, uh, man, I remember thinking, why doesn't this guy just call me? I just got to get this question answered. Well, yeah, when you got 700 phone calls to return, sometimes you just forget. Um, and that happened. Uh, I remember giving you crap about that. So I take back anything bad I ever said about you for not returning calls. Now you give me crap because I forget to call you or don't return texts or like your Instagram photos. <laughs> Exactly, all that stuff. Well, and remember too, I mean, there were times where you'd call me, I'd be talking to you, trying to multitask, and you'd call me out on it and say, hey, so I can tell you're really not paying attention right now, so I'm going to let you go. <laughs> and it was just so hard <laughs> to multitask and, you know, talk to you and everything. You'd, you'd call me out on it. You're the only one who'd always call me out on it, just blatantly. Yeah, you're not listening right now, so I'm just going to hang up. <laughs> yeah, well, which, I mean, yeah. And then I think... I found a way to get your attention. It was the title of my emails to you. Yes, you put in the subject line, Isaac loves man chowder. <laughs> yeah, that'll get somebody's attention. <laughs> and that got my attention right away. <laughs> <laughs> I've always I've always been a bit of a comedian. And you were you were we were talking earlier uh when I called you to make sure you could do this. I have not realized that I, I have definitely 
uh, how did you, I've grown up or, or calm down. Yeah. I can't remember which one. Um, you, you've actually really settled down now. you're getting older, man. You're not as, you know, not as angry as, you know, some people probably said you've been in the past. I mean, you got for the record though, you know, everyone should know is you and I have known each other 10 years. Uh, and actually we've never used each other's products, but we still remain friends in this industry. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I went from Badlands to Easton. Easton made backpacks for a while. We had Core 4 Element, and I did not start using your packs up until last year, as a matter of fact. Yep. So, yeah, last but year. we were still friends, and we never had any problems. No beef at all. And, yeah. And now you so. got to see you got to see Isaac's gear room. I walked in there, and I was like, am I in the Kafaro showroom? He's got more Kafaro <laughs> stuff than I do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I, yeah. That is true. When I, when I find something I like, I tend to go a little overboard. That's for sure. That's funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I got to say some of that stuff on my end was probably was there was there was just cause there. Other stuff. I mean, a few of there was three specific examples where I just went ham on somebody. But in my opinion, uh-huh. it was totally deserved. I was with Dale Pearson and Rich Cole and Matt Howell. And I was talking to a guy. I got a text from a guy, and I pulled over. Has Dale Pearson ever told you this story? No. Oh, dude, it's hilarious. I, uh, I'm like, hey guys, we got to pull over. I got to make a phone call. This may get a little violent, and it did. And then I, after I got done screaming, I hung up the phone. I'm like, all right, where do you guys want to go hunt? And they're all looking around, like, oh my god, what just happened? So, so, so there's some, <laughs> there's some cause there, but I wasn't. I mean. I think now I just, you know, for the most part, I just don't let anything bug me is what it is. I mean, for the most part now, I'm like, ah, whatever. Um, where before I'd get all irate. So, but uh, now I just try to focus on helping dudes out and trying to go out and kill a bunch of stuff, take photos, take photos of sunrises. Hey, yeah, that's right, man. I got a few of those I just found. I looked through my photos from this past week. So, yes, I got to definitely get my sunrise photos all in order now. Yeah, no, no kidding. I mean, it's good when you can take sunrises and kill stuff. That's a plus because then people can't make fun of you for just taking sunrises. That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, Lord, that's so funny. we were we were. T- I was talking with Isaac, and um, you've had a couple year hiatus on on tagging stuff just because you like to. You were you were telling me you like to put in the time with other guys, and you like to see other guys have success more than yourself, which is pretty uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I feel. I honestly, I haven't killed a mule deer since uh, 2010, so it's been uh, you know seven years for me. Now, since then, I mean, that during that time frame, though, you know, I had a couple of good years, and I started hunting. You know, more people want to hunt with you, and as you start hunting with more people, you know, it's harder to kind of hunt for yourself. But I actually have. I mean, it's a lot of fun to go with somebody and watch somebody else tag out. I mean, that's that's what I really enjoy doing right now, especially with my son. I mean, my son's 17 years old, and he's filled, uh, you know, six out of seven mule deer tags. So, you know, it, it's been a good, it's been a really good time. I mean, especially this year, it's probably the most fun we've had because Frank and I, we hunted seven straight days, pretty much. I mean, the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I, we had a we had a good time, and uh, yeah, your kid I, Isaac Jr. is it Isaac Jr. Or is it Isaac the third? No, he's just, he's just Isaac. Uh, he, I, I didn't I didn't do a junior. He's just regular. He's Isaac. He's got a different middle name. So yeah. technically, I guess he can't be a junior, but yeah, you know, 
acts like me, looks like his mom. So yeah, yeah I was, be. I was telling Aaron, man, he's, he is freaking hilarious. He's a chip off the old block for sure. You guys, your jokes, man, I was rolling the whole time and it was a, it was a fun <laughs> trip and he's, uh, he's definitely growing to be a, a great hunter and, um, you could tell he's, he brought him up right and taught him the right stuff and you know, he's respectful, but he also has, he has some funny jokes. Yeah, what what yeah, you Matt. talked about if he shot a deer over by the house is that you and Frank could go in and and what were you guys gonna do to get the deer? So so we're sitting oh. there we're sitting there and you're like yeah we you don't really want to kill a deer that that close over there and he goes he goes I'll just send I'll just send you and Frank down there and you guys can say hello sir I am your gardener for the day <laughs> I well, we, I just need to check your landscape go Utes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man he had me rolling we were dying laughing after that is he like that all the time well yeah well because the reason being is you know the area we live in uh you know my, you know my you know my son he, he looks like my wife so he came out white so you know we're having one hell of a time getting him into college right now <laughs> so, <laughs> so so every time so and where he goes to school you know uh, you know there's a there's a lot you know a lot of minorities there and I always pull up and always call him white boy. So whenever I pull up, I'm like, you see a white boy named Isaac? <laughs> they just laugh. So now whenever we go somewhere, he's always making jokes about, you know, cracking jokes about me being brown. For instance, he tells me my name is Carlos Everdeen of the hunting world. <laughs> Not Agnes, Carlos. So, yeah. Oh man, he is so funny. We, we were eating dinner one day and we're all kind of chowing down, not talking much. And then out of nowhere, he goes, Hey dad, when you pass away, I want to make a picture of you riding your deer with your other deer on the sides. <laughs> we're like, what the hell? Where did that come from? Oh, man, we were laughing our asses off. So, yeah. He's a good kid, though. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's been interesting. It's been really interesting. You know, like having a 17-year-old son, man, just like you. Whew, boy. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I got a 16-year-old daughter that's just like me, so it's a little different, but the same. I'm like thinking you little smart ass and i'm like i can't think that because you're just like me that came from me so that's my fault my bad uh-huh exactly <laughs> cool. i know what you mean so we um frank and i well not frank so much as me i just started um uh, winging some eastern arrows you sent me some axis um yes to try uh not to make this a sales pitch but um you guys got anything up and coming um, that you can talk about without getting fired or uh, beaten with a Easton Arrow? Well, pretty much for me, for this year, a lot of the stuff we're working on now, I mean, coming out new is we have, you know, our, you know, our top tier arrows basically is, you know, our access arrow is one of them. And then our full metal jacket, uh, standard full metal jacket, five millimeter. What mm-hmm. we did with those, we're offering those in a match gray now. Where the uh, straightness of it's going to be a point zero zero one. Oh, gotcha. So that's new for this year. Yeah. So I mean, so the the regular uh, straightness on the arrows, I believe, are point zero zero two, and one's a point zero zero three. I want to say. So now we're going to point zero zero one on the axis and the SMJ arrow. So that's going to be new this year. And then we're also introducing some of the lighter weight arrows, the blood bloodline. And also the hex arrow, they're going to come, they're actually, they're coming now with brass inserts for all you guys that shoot FOC. <laughs> F fucked up. Yes. What did, what did you say your buddy, what did you say your buddy said uh, FOC stood for? Testing overcomplicated. <laughs> 
Because, yeah. like, you know, I mean, when, you know, when you start working with arrows, you start tinkering around with stuff. I mean, you know, a lot of guys, I mean, they'll be shooting great, but then, you know, they'll start reading something and they'll start messing around, you know, with FOC. And, you know, it's, it's a mind game right there, man. Cause sometimes, man, you can get so into it and drive you crazy. Yeah, I believe me, I about get driven crazy answering emails about it because guys message me about FOC, and I haven't, I don't think I've checked the front of center on my arrow in probably 10 years. Um, I just load up some point weight, and I mean, I know I shoot, I'm shooting heavy poundage, I got a average draw, and so I generally get a 250 spine arrow, I load up the front with weight, arrow flies good. Um the end. I really don't pay attention too much after that. Uh, just cause you know, during group tuning or whatever, I, it's not like I've ever been like, man, I, I think I can group a little bit better. Um, and so I don't, I haven't ever, you know, I don't ever really like, pay attention to it. I, I mean, I blow through everything I shoot at for the most part. So I don't really ever like, man, I wonder if I had, you know, 17% front of center, it would have blown through that thing. I mean, hell, I may already have it. I just don't know. I don't pay as much attention because I would just put the weight up front. And I, I think, it's the mentality of guy uh, of a guy is one thing, and then two, how much they've already been shooting. If somebody's already pretty confident and they're shooting and set up, they probably don't give a shit. But um, you know, other guys that like to tinker or whatever, I understand that. It's just um, you know, accuracy is key, and if you're super accurate, that's going to be the most important thing. Your front of center is kind of a moot point if you're drilling at eighty yards. You really don't need to worry about what your front of center is at. Exactly. I mean, you were telling me about a buddy of yours who was just, you know, drilling at 80 yards constantly. His groups were tight, and then he wanted to add more weight to it. I yeah. mean, you know, we, you know we, we talked about that before, and, you know, you see it with people, but at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, what's going to make that person feel more confident? I mean, if adding that weight, you know, to the front of the arrow is going to make them, you know, more confident, then perfect. I mean, you know, we, you know a great example, like over this, uh, you know, over this past week is my son, I mean, he doesn't even know what FOC is. I mean, he's shooting arrows. I, you know, I build him his arrows. Here's your arrow, son. Here's your broadhead. Let's make sure everything flies good. And go shoot something. And no problem. Shot. Got a pass through. I mean, Frank was there. That deer died. I mean, almost instantly. You know, when he shot him. And, you know, perfect. You know, said and done. Where there are times when guys who have these arrows stacked out, you know, perfect and have these crazy outsert systems or whatever on them and they shoot an animal but ends up you know they don't kill it the animal lives i mean it all comes down to you know confidence and like that confidence and accuracy no for uh yeah that's for damn sure um that that buck i shot in alberta which i said this on the podcast before but that was um i, I had an arrow issue in montana i think you heard about it through the mountain ops guys or or maybe david I think you sent me a text with a few forwarder letter words. Um, and then I, 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 I cited in the, the axis. Um, I think I, Casey and I did whatever I, I cited them out the 80 and, uh, I went, you know, I went to Alberta and I shot that, that mule deer and it went through, I shot cause it was bedded. I shot through the meaty part of the onside shoulder through its scapula. And, um, I'll probably tell the story many times. Cause I still can't believe it went through it. And cut the leg in half on the opposite side, and the arrow kept going. I couldn't find it. Um, that was with a fixed blade. That was with a cutthroat single bevel. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't know whether my front of center is, but I know what I blew through that deer like it was nothing and broke the leg on the offside. And that cutthroat's made for snapping bones. I mean, it's pretty amazing head. But 
I, I literally just, I cut the arrows down to 28 and a half, threw some veins on them. I made six of them, threw a 125 grain point up front and just started dropping them and they were grouping good. So there really wasn't any reason to change. And I think what happens is guys that, uh, they'll read an article, they'll, they'll hear a buddy that something and their system will be perfectly fine, but then it'll get in their mind. Like, could it be better? Will this be better? Will this yes. improve anything? And then shit goes downhill generally. Well, and let's face it, all of us guys, I mean, you know, Frank's actually been to my house and seen my gear room. We're gear guys. I mean, you know, we may find the perfect system, but then we want to move on to something else because we're constantly searching for just something cool and fun, I mean, you know, to, to help us out in the field. I mean, you know, and that's the thing is, you know, an article, somebody says something, you start questioning yourself, or if you actually wound an animal. I mean, I've known guys that actually, you know, lost an animal and they're, you know, they said, hey, I think it was my broadhead. I think it was my arrow. I mean, things like that. I got to go heavier. And it's just, you know, once that gets in your head, you know, next thing you know, there goes the, you know, the whole snowball effect. You know, it's like going on YouTube. You search for one thing, next thing you know, you're, you know, learning to speak giraffe. <laughs> yeah, then that's no lie. Um, yeah, well, that's funny. The uh, giraffes are dangerous. I saw it on CNN. Um, I, I, uh, I think that, uh, you know, as far as like bow arrow setups, I think you, you hit the nail on the head earlier. Uh, if you're confident, let it rip tater chip. I mean, that's the, that's the deal. I mean, I hate lightweight arrows, but I mean, we just had Henry Ferguson on, he shoots light arrows. I mean, I, I can name off several guys. I personally despise them. I try not to, you know, I say despise. I strongly encourage guys to shoot a heavier arrow, uh, more momentum. Um, yeah, heavier broadhead as well. But that doesn't mean that that's the only way. I just have great luck with that and great confidence. And if somebody's asking me the question to instill more confidence in them, um, you know, then all the better, right? But if somebody's already confident in something, there's no reason for me to confuse them. Um, I'm usually like, man, are, is your setup working for you? And unless they, they tell me their setup and I'm like, holy shit, generally I'm like, man, I just keep shooting that. I wouldn't stress over it. Um, you know, to where other guys, uh, they, they, I mean – Man, I get a lot of vein uh, and point weight comments, a ton, because I shoot four-fletch. And uh, mm -hmm. the negative side to four-fletch, a little bit of wind drift, but uh, it's loud, right? It's generally louder than three-fletch to get another fletch on there. Uh, but I like it for the stabilization uh, aspect of it. I've had I have a good look with that. Um, but, I mean, would I even know if I shot a three-fletch? Hell, I don't know, but I feel confident with four, so that's what I'm shooting. That's probably as much of a of a mental thing and confidence in it than it is anything because I, I doubt that if I shot three-fletches, my groups would be much different, if any. Uh, but I'm confident in four, so I shoot four. Um, same with 125-grain heads. I just got so used to shooting 125s that I like, you know, I need the point weight, so I have no reason to switch. I mean – Jesus come down and tell me to shoot hundred grainers. I'd argue with them. I just wouldn't make any sense. So it's what you feel, whether it be a release or a bow or an arrow or whatever. It's what you want, what, what you feel the most solid with. I agree too. I mean, and also, you know, you know, to that, you know, when people start, you know, one thing about FOC, that, you know, people got to realize is when you start messing with, you know, the point weight in the front, make sure you have the right spine arrow. I mean, you start adding brass or weight to an arrow. Remember, you got to go up a spine usually. Well, you can't shoot, you know, if you're, sh you know, you're shooting a 70 pound bow, uh, your 29 inch draw length, you have like a 340, uh, access arrow. I mean, if you want to start loading that up with some brass and, uh, you know, 125 grain tip, you actually got to go up, a, you know, go up a spine. To do yeah, that. And people definitely don't understand that. Cause I got a guy that messaged me right before our last podcast that, um, he's like, man, I really want to add point weight or arrow weight. <laughs> 
I don't want to swap my arrows. And I, I was like, man, you're at the border of two week a spy now. You've got to get more arrow. I mean, you've got to get different arrows. You can't just throw point weight up on the front of that thing, um, you know, and, and, and fix it. Like, it's just, it's not going to happen. You're going to have to switch arrows because, like you said, you weaken the spine when you add point weight. So you either got to keep the point weight the same and get a heavier arrow or go down a spine, get a heavy, you know, it's going to be heavier uh, as well, plus add the point weight. And then they lose speed. And that's another crisis. Guys are like, man, you know, I'm only shooting 267. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I mean, I wouldn't stress over it too much. You know, if you're shooting good with it, who, who gives a shit what speed it is? I mean, raise your hand if you shoot something past 30 yards and you don't range it anymore anyways. I mean, occasionally you do, but pretty much everybody ranges everything anymore now. I mean, I judge yardage really well, and I still range just about everything. Yeah, same thing. I'm the same way. And, you know, another thing, too, with the arrows is also, you know, having the arrows be quiet. I mean, I'll I tell you one thing. I, I'm not going to mention any, you know, names, but, you know, I was hunting with someone over uh, this past week, and, man, when he shot something, when he, he let the arrow fly, I could hear it. <laughs> oh, yeah, that broadhead is loud as shit. Um, <laughs> I mean, we've been testing them a bunch, and, you know, and I always I tell people um, I prefer a quiet bow by far over a fast bow. Um, for me, I think a guy shooting 265 to 280 and his bow super quiet is better than a guy shooting 300 with a, uh, you know, a hand cannon. And you're right. That's one thing. And then, you know, when you got a freaking, you know, uh, turkey vulture diving at you, you know, on the way, I'm sure they're hearing that, that broadhead or vein set up. And I mean, that thing, it's a, it's a wizard. I mean, you can, when it's coming across and if a human can hear it, I mean, we're not even that fast. I mean, some of us are fatter than others. We're real slow. Think what a deer can do. I mean, man, it's it's. Well, I, mean, uh, I, I, I actually told the guy. I go. I think. I go. I think you have a loose vein. I go. I think it just sound like a vein was tore or a vein came off when you shot that arrow. Yeah, and and you it know, wasn't. And it was the head, right? I, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. What do you think, Frank? Some broadheads are louder than others. <laughs> just kidding. No, he's talking about me. Um, yeah, no, the, we were, yeah, we've talked about it before and, um, those, the, though the iron will broadheads are super accurate, they do have an issue with noise. Um, some people are in somewhat of a bit of a denial about it, but I mean, if, if everyone that I've shot those in front of, or that have shot those that I've talked to, um, that aren't, you know, associated with the, with the company would agree that they are, they are very loud. And and I won't disagree with the fact. I mean, some of the guys have told me they're no different than another vented broadhead. Well, I don't fucking shoot vented broadheads because they're loud as shit. Um, I mean, it's just how it is. Now, I will say that head is is built tough. It's an unbelievable head as far as accuracy goes. Um, and it is. I mean, it's not like we're saying it's not, it's louder than another vented head. It is. It is probably the same thing. Um, it's just. I mean, I that one of the broadheads I. I fuck, I tell you what, man, I about fucking if I shit a willy. I was shooting that. Is it dead meat? That new one from G five? Yeah, dead meat. That's yeah. probably the most accurate head I've ever seen. Um, well, that and the Omer Edge. Those two are the, probably the most accurate heads. But what happens is it rattles in your quiver, man. It, I mean, it literally sounds like a jalopy when you shoot it. Like shit's rattling. I'm like, what the hell? So you can put wax on them. But the other thing that happened when I pulled out of my quiver in the midst of shitting my pants with a 200 inch deer in front of me. I caught the quiver edge with the blade 
and it deployed Correct. the blade. So it looked like I tossed a grenade. I chunked that behind me to yank another broadhead out. And I'm like, man, and, and it sucks because, I, I mean, in a controlled environment, that head would be great. That head is super, yeah. super accurate, but it rattles. And, man, you got to watch those because it'll pop off that clip. And if you're shitting your pants and you load that arrow, it's not going to hit where you're aiming at with one of the blades deployed. <laughs> I mean, it's just not. Well, um, I mean, I, oh, go ahead. No, that was it. Hmm. So I'm taking a drink. So, well, and that's the thing. Like, so a lot of the broadheads, too. I mean, a lot of them, you know, I remember a lot of them are designed for more tree stand hunting because let's face it, that's where majority of the, the hunting is done, tree stands. 70%. And so, like, my son, he, he shoots, uh, my son, uh, he actually shoots that new uh, titanium broadhead from True Glow. Yeah. Uh, it's a rear deploy, you know, mechanical broadhead. And I mean, that thing is, you know, sharp blades, amazing. But they don't have any system, no locking system or band system that kind of, you know, holds the blades down. So I always got to remind them, when you pull that out of the quiver, check your blades, you know, because, I mean, you know, the way we do it, you know, spot and stock or we're running gun and, I mean, you got to be quick. You know, unlike where you could just keep, you know, I mean, I, I always teach my son, especially myself, is just don't walk around all day with an arrow, you know, knock. Because that's just, you know, wait, I mean, much hiking as we do, that's just, we're waiting for something bad to happen there. Yeah, no, that's that's a fact. Um, what um, I tell you what what I what I hope happens is it eventually um, a company comes out with something uh, like a hybrid. I mean, I had such great luck with that that Omer Edge head that um, I'm hoping at some point somebody makes that thing again. Um, I, I don't know that it'll happen or not, but that 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 broadhead was devastating and super super accurate. Um, I mean, that's one I really like. The, uh, you know, as far as flick blade, fixed blades, I really like Wacom's. I use those for quite a while, the four blade exits. Okay, yep. mm-hmm. Um, and they make, they just call it a Wacom four blade 125. Now they don't call it an exit anymore. Uh, I've had good luck with those, but right now I've got grave diggers, um, uh, the iron wheels, the cutthroats, kill zones, uh, both the cut on contact and the chisel tip, uh, G5 strikers and those dead meats. I can get them all to hit in the same spot, but there's something about each one of them that I don't, you know, there's a, there's a, a not quite perfect for each one. And so it eventually right. somebody will come up with the perfect head. It's just, in my opinion, it hasn't happened quite yet. Well, let me ask you both of you guys this. And I mean, do you keep all the same broadheads when you're hunting all your quiver? Are they all the exact same broadheads or do you mix it up? Oh, my quiver is like, I mean, it, it's like a taco stand. <laughs> I got everything in there. You can imagine I got fixed blades. To a couple of those, a couple of mechanicals. I got everything. Yeah, I'll usually put. He had to say taco stand. Yeah. <laughs> say like a variety keto, you know, a pack of gum or something like that. He had to say taco stand. <laughs> I, I believe this may be a good time. No, uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I like to keep two expandables and three fixed blades in there for me, but. The one thing with a mechanical that does suck is you don't want to be shooting through debris with that thing because when they open up going through debris, branches, whatever, uh, you know, it looks like Correct. a sidewinder coming out. I mean, it's bad. So if I'm going to be shooting through um, something, which is actually why I used to cut through it when I shoot through the, the I had a, a small gap uh, through the cattails to shoot that one buck. And uh, I wanted to make sure if I nicked anything, it didn't throw off my trajectory as bad as it probably could have with a mechanical. Um, so I shot that, that head. Um, but no, I mean, I've gotten them all to hit in the same spot. I mean, Co- Co- uh, Cody Covey and I were out, uh, right before I, I went out 
uh, to, to, to deer hunt. And then I, I came back and I didn't hunt. And then I hunted two days in a row. And when I came back, I wanted to make sure I was seeing some of these deer. I'm like, man, I'm going to, when I has to go and confirm, right. Make sure I'm hitting good. And, uh, I shot, um, my last group, I think was at 110, and I put, I put six arrows down there, six broadheads, um, about the size of a paper plate at 110. And it was, I had that six millimeter camera, so we were photographing it. And I mean, it was inside of an 18 and one, but it was inside of a paper plate inside of an 18 and one. So I was super happy with that. And I've just had better luck with that bow, uh, getting multiple broadheads to tune. And if you can do that, I think it's a good idea. I don't think you need to just shoot one one head i think you know multiple heads isn't a bad idea i agree i agree 100 percent. i mean like for me i will have my quiver split in half i i you know expandables i go through, i go grim reaper i mean you know great broadhead I, I mean i've only killed let's see here i've only killed three mule deer one white cow uh, i mean all of them been with grim reapers and you know love that head. i use i shoot the deep six uh, version the, the steel one and then for a fixed blade i use i've been tried out that kudu uh head this year and i'm pretty impressed with that i mean that head right there right out of you know right out of the gate you know flew just like a field point as well and you know sharp and deadly as hell so i'm the same way like i i, I have a few of them in there and sometimes i'll throw in you know you, you got you got to have your uh your arrow you know for uh grouse chuckers whatever so you've got to have one of those arrows too in your quiver. Yeah, that's that's a fact um, for sure. I tell you what, I'm going to let you and Frank continue this because I have to take a momentary pee break. I will be back. Uh, you guys continue. <laughs> so Isaac, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the hunting in Utah. When I went out there, I didn't really know what to expect. I'd heard from from a lot of people that you're going to see a lot of hunters, you're going to see a lot of hikers, and you're going to see a lot of people on mountain bikes. And, uh, first, first morning we got to the trailhead and I mean, it's not like we were late or anything. We were there well, well before, before sunup and there was already about 25 vehicles at, at the trailhead. And, and you just said, uh, yep. don't worry about it. We're going to wait a little bit until the sun starts coming up. Cause most of these people are going to hike right past the deer anyway. And first thing, first thing we, uh, we get a little ways down the trail and look up on the, on the ridge there. And we got a, a decent four point buck and a, a two pointer chasing some does and the thing about those deer is they weren't really in an approachable spot. Um, so we decided to kind of continue on. But uh, later that day when we were hiking out, we could see all the tracks of the people that went directly at the deer. They didn't take any type of of strategic approach at them. They kind of just went straight at them. And I can almost guarantee that no one really killed any of the deer in that group. Um, so, so what I kind of noticed is that um, there's some very aggressive hunting tactics going on in the in the front country is what we like to call it that week, last week. Um, and, uh, the funny thing is we, we went out, we did, we went, there was a, about a foot of snow there and we went down that trail and we were like, yes, we're the first tracks in here. You know, it's going to be good. We go down the trail a little bit. We look up on the, on a different ridge and, um, there's a good, there's a good buck with about eight does bedded down. So, um, so I got geared up, uh, get ready to go on this stock. You guys were cool enough to, to let me go up there and, um, I got geared up. I took about two to three steps and I look up on the ridge and there's already three guys up there going after him. And that's, what's going to happen. Yeah. For the watch that's front. I mean, a lot, you know, a lot of people, you know, talked about it, they've heard about it. And here's some things that people need to you know, realize if you're going to come from out of state to hunt the watch that's front is number one, you know, you're not going to get in the back country to where you're all alone. 
I mean, that's one thing for sure. That's why, you know, you came up with the perfect name, the front country, because, you know, no matter where you go, you're going to go over a hill, there's going to be another city there. And, you know, in the mountains over there, you have hikers, you have mountain bikers, backcountry skiers, you have a lot of people there. So there's no way to escape, you know, to escape the people, you know, on, the, on this late season hunt. And that's one of the things, you know, I warned you about. I go, if you want to come on over here, you know, be prepared because it's going to be a battle. I mean, you know, you'll be moving in on a deer and another guy will be moving in on him too. I mean, you heard stories where, you know, you're on a steep incline and there's a guy sneaking in behind him and a guy comes over top of him and launches an arrow. I mean, it's, you know, it's definitely aggressive over there as you've seen for yourself. I mean, the way the hunting is there for Wasatch, you know, for the Wasatch front. Yeah, it's definitely really different. So, so that first day, uh, we didn't get on any of those deer and we, we decided to pop off the trail. It was super cold. My beard froze and my, my hood was frozen on my hoodie. And, uh, we decided to make a little fire. We were, we were cooking up some spam. Go spam. That's our plug for spam for the day. Uh, we're cooking up some spam, cooking up them spam steaks. (laughs) And, uh, we had heard some, some elk mewing, um, down below and we weren't quite sure how many there were. And we look up and you said this was super rare for the front. We saw about 150 to 200 head of elk, uh, moving across the ridge. Yeah, I, that, I've never, I mean, I've never seen that many elk there before. I mean, the Wasatch Front isn't known for its elk. And for that herd, I mean, to come in through like that, that was unbelievable. And I, you know, uh, I, I just should have took my mountain up before I tried to run up that hill because, <laughs> man, that was tough. Yeah. <laughs> in the snow. Yeah, I never, I never seen a brown man run so fast. You, you went after those elk and you kind of caught the tail end of them. There were some bulls in there and you, you were pretty, uh, you were pretty set on shooting a bull. So you got in the tail end of the cows there and you decided to pass. But, um, that was a pretty cool oh, yeah. sight to see. Uh, you know, here in Colorado, there's, you can go certain places and you'll see that many elk. So I was like, is that, is that a big deal? And you and your son were like, dude, we've never seen so many elk maybe one time in our life, uh, yeah. up here on the front. And, um, no, it was a good first day. We, uh, we met a few guys on the trail. Um, one guy hung out with us at the fire for a while. He's a super nice guy. I forget his name. He was a trad bow hunter. Um, he hung out with us for about an hour. He had some amazing hot chocolate, which he shared with us. And, uh, you, you put on your sales pitch for the, you're like the best Kafaro salesman I've ever met. You might be our new Utah sales rep. (laughs) (laughs) So how how funny was that though? When he, when he, he asked about the backpack, told him what it was. And he goes, yeah, I, I, I listened to Aaron Snyder. I'm like, oh, really? All the way back here, I got to hear Aaron's name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, by the way. <laughs> You're like, oh, he's yeah. like, uh, do, do you know who? Do you know who? Aaron, do you know who Aaron Snyder is? I listened to him on a on a podcast. Uh, he works for Kafaro and you're like, uh, no, I never heard of her. And then we, we kind of chuckled to ourselves and you didn't, you didn't say right away that I worked for Kafaro and, you know, he, he'd kind of talked about the podcast and how, um, he's super interested in the packs and you kind of broke it down for him. And then later on we're like, Hey, uh, Frank works for Kafaro as well. And the dude was, he got super excited and, um, it was, it was just cool to talk to that guy. You know, that's one of the things, too. I mean, we ran into another guy who right away asked, you know, what pack are you running? You know, and I you know, told him Kafaru, and I told him why, you know, why I like him. Uh, you know, I told him, I mean, I really I really only used, you know, in this, uh, you know, working in the industry, you know, three, maybe four different backpacks and really got to haul out meat and, you know, a couple of them. But, you know, you listen, you know, the guys, it's funny how everything changes on that on that hillside because, a few years ago, I mean, it was frame packs. Guys had those external frame packs. And then, you know, 
then, you know, that was Badlands Hacks were like the rage. And then it went to, you know, Mystery Ranch, Kuyu. Now I'm seeing more Kafaru on there. And then there's a time where guys were using the Osprey packs there for a minute until they had to carry something out, I believe. But I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> being up there, being up there, I mean, you know, it's, when, when guys see that Kafaru pack, I, I kind of chuckle because it's kind of like, oh, wow. It's like a cool new thing. You know, I felt like a kid. You know, like when you're the first kid on your block to get Nintendo, you know, you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were, we were joking around that Isaac planted those guys there so he could, so he could get a few, um, points with, uh, with Kefaru with being a sales rep. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, wow, this worked out. I'm like, this worked out perfect. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. So that, that, that was a pretty good first day there. I mean, it was, you know, like I said, like when you're hunting the watch that's from you, a lot of people and. If you think you're going to get away from someone, I mean, think again, because you can hike into the deepest, darkest places, and then you'll find a trail camera and a tree stand there. So, so you know, we decided to move out, actually, and uh, the next day and go try somewhere else where there's no snow. Yep. We moved down to a lower spot, and uh, first thing in the morning, we were seeing we we're seeing some, some bucks, nothing too crazy huge, and um, there's this really dark-colored doe almost looked like a black rock and I just skimmed over it in my binos. And then you looked at it and you're like, that's a doe, man. I'm like, sweet, let me go kill it. <laughs> and, uh, you and David were like, no, man, you need to hold out. But I was like, that doe is like the darkest doe I've ever seen, man. Um, but we ended up bedding down some, a buck and a doe in these cliffs. And I was like, man, that's a freaking awesome shot. I want to go shoot that deer. So again, get all geared up, get ready to go after this doe or this buck and this doe. And, uh, get get about halfway over there and here comes a, a mountain biker and a dog up the trail and and blows them out yeah I mean, how many i mean how many stocks did you probably go on frank i mean you were up oh, and down geez. that mountain especially those first couple of days i was we were on stock after stock after stock and, and it seemed like every time i would get close or somewhat close uh either a hiker with a dog or a, a mountain biker with a dog would would come up the trail and, and the deer would blow out so yeah um, definitely, it's definitely something you have to pre prepare for. I know that you'd, you'd warned me about it, but I didn't think it'd be that bad. Um, but it was, it was pretty interesting. That's for sure. Well, you know, everything up there, you know, it's all steep hills and everything. And I mean, you, know, you were my guest, so that's why I didn't go on any stock. I just stayed up <laughs> on top with my Wooby and you Did know, you? just sat there watching guided you. Yeah. I just want to do my job. I mean, you know, <laughs> and so, uh, when Casey was there with us, um, Isaac, Isaac did a video and he, he's on the radio and he's like, Oh, I think I see something. Well, I look at his video and he's laying on his back and he's like, Oh, nope. It's just a rock. He wasn't even looking through the spotter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's fine. Well, Casey got a fork at horn, right? Yeah, he did. He yeah, did. he did. That was his first, uh, that was his first mule deer with a bow. Um, he killed one. Jordan Davey killed a, a fork horn. Your son killed, um, that good buck. And then, uh, on the last day I, I got that doe. So, you know, seven days, four deer was, it was a fun time. I, I went out there with no real expectations. I just told, you know, I told, uh, Isaac, I, I came out to have fun and hang out with the guys. And, uh, if I killed something great and if not, then not a big deal. I think I even prepped you for mortal combat. You did. That, you did warn me. You warned me. Jordan Cower warned me that, uh, be prepared to, if you see a deer, you're not the only one that sees it basically. Yeah. But, um, well, that's true. Well, I mean, on, on the, on the one good side is, I mean, also, too, it, you never know what to expect as well when you're hunting. I mean, and especially up there on the Wasatch Front is, you know, you're, you were sitting on that one little three-point uh, for a while there when you moved in on that stock. And then 
over the hill came that crazy looking non-typical buck. Oh yeah. You yep. mean right up on the hill. I mean, I've never seen, you know, seen that deer before. And that was, I mean, you were what looked like you're like 10 yards away from it. Yep. Well, I was, uh, moving in on a stock and a deer and, um, that scrub oak up there, even though when you're looking across on the opposite ridge, it looks like it's not very tall or not very thick. You get up to it and it's about six feet tall and you're not getting in there on a deer. So I decided to loop back around through the saddle. And as soon as I did that, here comes a, a, it was a smaller buck, but it had a big old drop tine on it or a kicker point. And, uh, we kind of came face to face and it, I didn't have any time to react and it was gone right when I saw it. So, um, there's Frank, definitely no shortage of deer. It's just, uh, getting the right opportunity. Frank mentioned that you guys had a deer run by you and your bows and your releases were nowhere to be found. And no, I was, and I was cooking spam. Yeah, of course he was cooking Frank's spam. Tagged out. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what was really cool though, is, I mean, and one thing is, is, you know, the area, you know, I've hunted it before. I really never hunted it, you know, as much as I did this past week. And, and after a while, I mean, you, you know, when you're up there for a couple of days and you're able to see, you know, such a big area to hunt, you kind of see where the deer are moving back and forth. And Frank just finally said, I'm going to sit by the green trees. We call this area the green trees. I'm going to sit right there. And I'm like, okay. He sat there. And I mean, you know, that's where he was. You know, he was there in the case he was across from him. And, you know, that the deer kept going back and forth. Well, Casey shot, when Casey shot his deer you know, that, that two point. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Frank was sitting there and I'm like, I'm like, Frank, you know, there's different does that be coming right in front of you. And that doe came 30 yards and, you know, Frank shot it. Ping, basically died instantly right there. So we're over there just cooking up some spam, you know, having a good time, relaxing. The sun's out. I mean, in November, it never happened before. It's like 60 degrees. So it was me, my son-in-law, my, my son, Frank, we're hanging out. And my son-in-law goes, well, look at that buck. And this three-point just comes hauling ass. And it really can't see with the scrub oak. And, I mean, puts the brakes on. I mean, that thing, you know, we, we could spit on it. It was so close. I mean, you know, that, I mean, it was a big three-point. tongue was hanging out. I mean, I, you know, we don't know what busted him. But, yeah, sure enough, I'm cooking Spam, messing around with the GoPro. And, you know, and we're all laying around. Our bows are scattered all over the place. <laughs> no releases. We don't have our binos or range finders on. And, you know, that's a lesson learned right there. Is always be prepared. Have your bone, you know, have something set up. <laughs> yeah. Now, how big was that, that buck? Just a good three-point? Uh, yeah, he was a pretty big three-point. He's yeah. heavy. I mean, probably yeah. one of the bigger bucks we saw up there, huh? Yeah. Yeah, definitely was. I don't know if it was – we saw another good three-point with a kicker off the side that – uh, one morning Isaac, Isaac spotted him right off the bat, man. And it was right when the sun was coming up, nobody was around perfect, perfect scenario coming up from above it and, you know, shoot it in its bed. Isaac goes on the stock and what do you know, a freaking mountain biker comes down the trail and blows him out. We never saw that deer again. Um, so yeah, there definitely was no, no shortage of, of deer and, uh, opportunities. It just, um, towards the end there, I was, yeah, I was just like, you know, all these stocks keep getting blown out by stalkers. I'm going to sit on this little deer highway where they keep passing through and see what happens. And it, it ended up working out, but, um, yeah, uh, back to your son. He, uh, he made probably one of the coolest shots I've ever seen in person on an, on an animal. He, um, you will have to talk about this. We got, we get to the, to the trailhead, we get parked, we're getting our gear ready and you go, Oh shit, I forgot my quiver at home. And we're like, what? You forgot your arrows? And you're like, yeah, they're in my, in my bow case. And, um, and I was like, well, we'll go back home with you and get it. You're like, no, no, you go up with, uh, with my son and go up to the, that glassing spot we've been glassing at and see what you see. So, um, me and your son went up to the glassing spot 
we're looking down where we'd been seeing this deer and and your son um, says he's going to go look on the backside of this hill and uh sure enough there was a there's a four point buck that we had been seeing running back and forth um that week he was down there with a few does and um isaac said he wanted to go around and see if he can get a shot on him so i i spotted for him and he he circled around by himself and uh he got within range and he's he messaged he uh he radioed me and said hey i got him in range and i said if you feel comfortable go ahead and take the shot and he smoked that deer and that was his that was his best deer to date right yeah that was i mean you know that would be the greatest thing was i pulled up to the trailhead just as he shot it and i called him and the, the excitement in his voice and everything i mean you know it's one of those moments i'll never forget i mean you know, he was so excited because I've been right by his side for every deer. And, you know, I mean, every deer, you know, the stock, I've always, I've ranged it for him. I've told him to range and that. And this time, I mean, it was, it was all him. I mean, it, it was the two of you. And, you know, the thing before, though, was like, and I don't know if he told you this, Aaron, but it was actually, it was Sunday. So Sunday was our first day in that area. And, you know, Frank was just all over moving in on deer. And, you know, I got to give it to you, Frank. You're probably one of the best people I've hunted with because, you know, you're our guest and there you are. My son kept talking. He wanted to do a cliff shot and you come and you grab us. You go, there's a buck bed right here. Come on over here and shoot him. You know, a little, it was a, it was a small three point, wasn't he? Yeah. Yep. And my, you know, my son goes over there, gets set up, knocks an arrow and he goes to pull back and his D loop broke. And actually his, I mean, I almost like dry fired his bow. I mean, the string came off the cams and everything. I mean, I, I looked at my boy and I mean, I'm like, are you hurt? And he was so upset. I mean, just devastated about that. So, you know, I mean, that, that's probably one of the worst things that's happened to him, honey. That. So he had a broken bow and so he didn't go with us the next few days and he had off uh, Wednesday for school, uh, for the Thanksgiving break. So we went ahead and it was that, uh, that Tuesday I came to work and a guy over here, his name's, uh, Steve Anderson. He's a, He's a great target shooter. You know, he lent my bow, let my boy his bow, and he actually did it right there. He got it all set up, tuned up for him right there, you know, here at Easton. And I told my boy, okay, meet us at the archery center. We'll get you dialed in. Made a sight tape for him, and my son got dialed in at 7 o'clock that night and took it out that morning and done. I mean, you know, made, made a perfect shot. I, I I couldn't, I said, I couldn't have been more proud. And the first thing I said, I after, you know, I go, I go catch up, you know, meet up with him. He's excited. We're hugging and everything. And he goes, dad, I promise Frank told me to go after it. I promise. <laughs> because, because I told my boy, I go, Hey, Frank's our guest. He doesn't get a hunt here much. He only has a week. So let's just try to get him in on the stocks first. And he's like, I swear, dad, Frank told me to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he was super cool about it. And when he spotted that buck, he's like, you want to go after it? I'm like, heck no, man. You spotted that buck and this is your cliff shot. You wanted to redeem yourself. And that was, that was probably the highlight of the trip for me is just, uh, him getting that deer and, and just seeing how excited you and him both were and how happy you guys were. And, um, like I said, when he killed it, I was like, dude, that made the trip so worth it just cause you know, that was his biggest buck to date and it's just the way it all, he kind of redeemed himself and everything that was, that was super cool to be a part of. And we got a bunch of photos just to kind of capture the moment. So it was, it was cool just to, to be there and to, to see that happen. And yeah, one of the first things he said, he's like, I'm sorry, man, I, I, I wanted you to shoot. I'm like, no way, dude. That was like, you've spotted that deer and you, you put a plan together and you made it happen. So that was, that was cool to be a part of. So Yeah. And I said, well, that, that's, well, if you remember, Aaron, that's kind of how everything started with Kafaru, though, is with me, is, is, 
you guys gave my you know, uh, one of you guys I was gave my son a pack at that Western Hunting Expo. Yeah, gave him one of your guys' personal packs because I was I was uh, using Mystery Ranch at the time. Was that the pack and, I had uh, the debacle on? When I when I freaked out on you, <laughs> yeah, I think there's so. a story behind this. Actually, there's more to be told. So, I asked these guys if they want this frame and pack because it was an extra one of mine. No, no, I don't want it. I don't want it. And then your kid was there, and I'm like, hey, dude, if you want the pack, I'll just give it to you or whatever. And the pack is gone, right? Well, Dave stole the fucking thing. So <laughs> I called, and I just asked him if he wanted it for that reason. And I'm hangry already, right? Like, I'm not doing well. I, You know, I'm introverted. I'm talking to people. And I call Frank, and I'm like, hey, where's the pack? I, I don't know. what he, And I'm like, what do you mean, where do you know? Say, somebody stole it, then where is it? He's like, oh, Dave took it. And I'm like, well, tell him to bring the pack back because I gave it to your kid. Um, so, yeah, because yeah, that was my that was my pack. Um, you know, I had used off and on or whatever that that year. But anyway, that's the backstory of that pack. But that uh, we gave it to you two years ago. I think we gave it to him. Well, yeah. And, and so that's what. So, you know, coming from Badlands, I used Badlands, you know, the whole time. Twenty two hundred was my favorite pack. Uh, when I came over here to Easton, they started a, a pack side up. You know, they started making backpacks. They had Easton Outfitters, which is backpacks, trekking poles, shooting sticks, and then we had four four element. And so I used the Easton packs, you know, and then we decided, you know, if the pack market is too small. Let's just get out of it. You know, I mean, you know, we're you know we're done. So from there, uh, I actually started using Mystery Ranch. And so I, you know, I had a Mystery Ranch pack, and then I also got a, a Kuyu backpack as well. So, you know, I've always, you know, lightweight frame and everything. And I remember I was, uh, we were at the hunting expo and my son, I can't remember what he was saying. So you guys gave that pack to my son. I'm like, okay, whatever. Well, it was that year I had a, I had an early season, I had the early season watch that front tag. And I just got back into town and I was going to go on my hunt. Well, the problem I had is I, the Kuyu pack and the mystery ranch pack, they were all about, I think, you know, they're about the 3,000 cubic inch is what it was. So I couldn't get all my stuff in there. So I'm like, what am I going to do? Because I had a tent, sleeping bag, pad, all food, water, everything. So I grabbed my son's pack. I'm like, I'm just going to use this one for now. It's big enough because it was, because he has the tar. That, I believe that's what he has, the tar. Yep, yep. So I loaded that sucker up. And, and remember, I haven't been working out doing anything. And so I was just dreading that hike. And I just put that pack on. I'm like, Holy cow. I was really impressed. I'm like carrying that thing up there. I'm like, cause my son told me, he goes, dad, I like that pack. You know, uh, my shoulders don't hurt. You know, when I wear it, I mean, you know, it feels really good, dad. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, son, whatever. You, you know, you got it. You got it from those guys. You think those guys are cool, whatever. Okay. <laughs> and sure enough, man. And I, I remember I came off the mountain. That's when I text you, Frank. I'm like, okay, I'm a believer. I'm a believer now. And so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what kind of, got me into that Kafaro pack because like I said, I've always had so many packs. There was never no need for one. So I always thought, you know, that all of them are built the same and you know, the, the other packs were great, but for, you know, what I needed for at the time, Holy cow, you know, you, you couldn't beat it. So Aaron, like I told you, you're right, bud. That's a good pack. Okay. All these years of us talking shit to each other. You were right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. No, I, we did a podcast earlier. We were talking about the best or whatever. And I, uh -huh. it, until somebody can actually use multiple packs with an in, in-depth, you know, knowledge, it's, it's pretty 
Uh, I mean, I like hearing from guys that use multiple packs. That's good. Or multiple cameras, multiple bows, whatever. But um, the, uh, you know, grab it and the muffler's still hot on the UPS truck saying it's the best shit gets old. Dude, I saw on a forum one time, the dude still had the the tags on his pack and said, this is the best pack. And I was like, what are you talking about? The tags are still on the thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, we, me and Isaac talked a little bit about this, uh, about a, about a friend of ours that wanted to take some photos of, of some gears coming out of the box at the trailhead. And, uh, we were like, dude, that's not realistic at all. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. No, we had a great time. I also want to thank Isaac and his family. Um, Brandy, your wife, she, she took great care of us when we were there. She, you know, she was, uh super nice you made us she made great dinners every day um you 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 invited me over to your family's house for for thanksgiving and your parents house for dinner um one night and everyone was super awesome and very um welcoming so i definitely want to thank you guys for that that was awesome of you guys oh hey no problem we enjoyed having you man i mean like i said you're you're always welcome to come out you know same with you aaron i mean you know, you may need, you may need to bring a sharpie with you, Aaron, because you'll be signing autographs on the deal. <laughs> oh man, that with the Western Hunt Expo, um, I can't remember the one year we're walking across the street and uh, Isaac was there, wasn't he? We were going to oh, dinner. Yeah, yeah, I was there. I was there with you guys. Yeah, man, that shit like that, I never hear the end of. Because you know, once you 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 meet me. Um, and I'm not saying I'm like super famous or whatever, but one, you're either going to be like, uh, man, I, you know, I heard this guy's a dick. He's actually funny. Or two, uh, that I'm just, I mean, I, I'm never serious. Like I joke. Oh, I mean, I don't know, Frank, how many times you see me serious the time you know me? No, only when you're hangry. Yeah. If I get hungry yeah. and tired, shit goes downhill fast. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, a guy said something about, man, it's not every day you get to walk across the street with Aaron Snyder. And I thought, man, I'm going to hear this shit about from Isaac forever. Um, and then, uh, there's other people that have asked you, do you know Aaron? And you're like, shit, I knew Aaron back before Aaron was cool. And, uh, yeah, no, when people, you know, when people ask me if I know Aaron, I just straight out say, no. He knows me. <laughs> that's <what I> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, I, the guy I was hunting with for, for mule deer, he was laughing because they were up, you know, hunting. He, you know, he, him and a couple of his buddies in a unit and these hunters from Missouri that it were going like seven miles packing this bull out and uh, like it didn't do it exactly the right way, meaning, you know, they could have moved their car or whatever. But anyway, they saw he had a Kafaru pack and they're like, man, what what that thing cost? And uh, he's like, ah, I, I'm gonna say I didn't pay for it. My buddy hooked me up. Uh, he hunts with me, and uh, they're like, oh, okay. And they're like, yeah, we went antelope hunting together. And they're like, you know, Aaron Snyder. And his buddies are like, you gotta be shitting me back here. This and they're like, truthfully, we never would be back here if it wasn't for for Aaron, the Gritty Bowman podcast that we did. I mean, and he's like, man, everything in his pack looked it was the same shit you carry. And I was like, well, man, that the, the industry has changed so much because of mm-hmm. you can get uh, knowledge so much faster. You know, you can know people, not maybe know them, but know of people so much quicker uh-huh. um, than before. I mean, you know, I didn't. I mean, when I was your kid's age, there was there wasn't even cell phones, right? I mean, there's um, no. F- no forums. I mean, I didn't have an email till a few years ago, and now. I mean, I you can I will look at a guy, and some guys fairly well known in the industry still don't know shit really. Um, 
they pretend they do or they repeat what other people say. But you'll see a guy, I no shit, I'll have a conversation with on a Monday. By the next Monday, he's repeating what I told him on a forum like he knows it. Uh-huh. And I'm like, man, yeah. I mean, technology is different where you used to have to earn it. Now it's pretty free and you can fake it uh, pretty well. Yeah, speaking of that well, old, yeah, I mean, old school stuff, we uh, we watched that DVD, the FMP DVD. Oh, yeah. That FMP was, 360. Oh, man, dude, that was awesome. I, I kind of wish that hunting shows were still like that. I'm not I'm not super into the whole, you know, backstory of stuff. I just like to see the shooting, which I don't know if that's right or wrong. But, um, man, that <laughs> we were like, dude, these guys are badass. Oh, I told you about that video since I've known you. I'm like, dude, this video came out. They didn't hit one in the lungs. They're just <laughs> yeah. sending it. Yeah. I'm like, all oh, the long range stuff. And uh, you know what I mean? It had the Predator camo. I think they had Smith glasses. Um, yeah. They were running Badlands packs. That had to have been helpful Bi- for you guys. Visors. I mean, you know, you uh, had the you know, camouflage visor that he made. I mean, you know, Anthony, Sean, Gerald, you know, all those guys. I mean, you know, they were way ahead of their time with the stuff they were doing. And I mean, for especially for Western hunting and, you know, the type of hunting we do here, Utah, you know, Wasatch Brown, I mean, that's the best way to explain to people how we hunt and how we did it. I mean, you know, Anthony, you know, I had no idea, you know, in high school, I didn't, you know, math, whatever, you know, I, I took the basic and as there, Anthony's explaining, you know, how the shot angle works. But back then it was a range finder with a little level on the side of the range finder. Then you had a cut chart on your arm. I mean, now you know, you have a rangefinder that does it all for you. But back then, I mean, those guys, you know, they're thinking of stuff like that. Getting into bow hunting, I would have never known that, ever known that, you know, prior to watching that video. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. Um, and I was using a cut chart at the time. And uh, I think it's called a clinometer or whatever. It tells the the angle or the declination, I guess, or angle. But anyway, um, the... Uh, <laughs> what they were doing was definitely not talked about a lot and, and they got the shit bashed out of them a lot. They had a lot of followers. There was a lot of controversy The the shot distances yep. they were taking, you know, I mean, I know a company's called Hoyt called gold tip. Why the hell are you sponsoring these guys? Um, I remember, I mean, I just total shit, shit shows on, on forums and, uh, I, I liked the first video, uh, the, the ride one I thought was a little bit, um, I mean, I thought, man, I don't know if he's let the horse out of the barn, but he's definitely thrown the saddle on like that is horrible. Um, that it just cause of how they presented that. Um, no, that, that, that's a cult classic right there. I mean, you know, that to me, that reminds me of that. Remember the old skateboarding, uh, you know, Palin Peralta video, the, what was it called? The 13 for animal chin or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that, 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 that a story behind it and everything. I mean, again, way ahead of the time doing things that were way different. I mean, personally, I like, I like the ride, man. It, it, it's great. So, you know, that's a great one too. And then like, I, I just introduced my son to all these videos. I mean, you know, cause he grew up with them, but he really didn't get into them. But now that he's been hunting and killed a few things, he's really into them. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, I'd imagine so, after this last buck, he'll definitely be addicted even more, which is cool. Yes, so. for sure. You know, like the industry's changed so much because, I mean, even back when you and I started out, I mean, when we were getting into this, there was, heck, it was MySpace. We had MySpace and forums. That's what we had right there. It was Monster Mealies, uh, would you have Bosai, Archery Talk, and MySpace. And <laughs> but nobody I, went to MySpace. To no, to anything. I, I never did MySpace, <laughs> but I remember Archery Talk when Archery Talk was small, first getting started and uh, in Bosite and 
I, um, you know, you had to weed through some bullshit, but if you paid attention, you could figure, figure stuff out. And it's bad. Cause I, I started on forums, you know, whatever guys give me shit. Oh, you're, you're, uh, what do they call uh, forum celebrity, social media celebrity, you know, whatever. And it's like, I, I started on forums, um, you know, getting on them, but now I can't hardly get on a forum. Uh, it's just, it's just frustrating. Uh, I wish it wasn't, but, um, you know, it's, it's difficult for me to get on there because I, I don't want to get into the arguments or the shit shows or the debacles. Um, I'd like to get on more often to help guys out. But, um, you know, it's as far as time goes, like the podcast, helping guys out on the phone for packs, uh, you know, writing articles or whatever. It, it's it's better than um, getting all consumed for an entire day watching a shit show just spiral downhill on a forum about something stupid. Um so I've kind of I've kind of got off of them now. I don't get on them actually at all. I don't even get on the one I started. Well, so, well, yeah, yeah. Look, though, I mean, I mean, I remember. I mean, you know, when I was work, working working at Badlands, and I actually, you know, we came out with the sacrifice pack, and you know, Cameron Haynes did a great job promoting that pack for us. But I remember receiving a phone call, actually a couple of phone calls from people who read your forum post and then called me to ask me questions about it and to tell me they go, yeah, this guy did a really good review about it and i mean you know right there i mean you know that's when i started realizing like, damn i need to get more of these guys on forum doing you know doing some of these reviews i mean can you imagine if we had the technology i mean to do the youtube i mean we, youtube was out back then but we never thought about doing a review on youtube can you imagine if we did that now you know back then how yeah, many yeah. views would you probably have a big old youtube page right now you well you but told Aaron, me to do that a long is, time ago <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what have I always told you, Aaron, since I've known you? What have I always said? Stop helping people and do your own thing. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, it's funny with this whole Gritty Bowman thing, um, you know, because uh, when I say funny, I mean, it's it's interesting because, uh, I mean, the, the separation, um, it, it was just time, right? There was no major um, – it, it was just a few months ago. Uh, there's contracts up that I wasn't on, but I was helping them out fulfill or whatever, you know, as far as endorsement contracts or whatever you want to call them. And, uh, I wanted to do my own thing. I wasn't doing well, um, with the, you know, using, um, specific things or saying specific things or whatever. Um, and I, 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 it was to a point that, um, my integrity was getting questioned on, messages on social media, um, emails I would get, uh, which was understandable. And I was like, man, it's just time to do for me to do my own thing. And, um, I was like, I, you know, the doing a, and Brian was in full support of it. He, you know, whatever, helping us out doing the Kafaro cast. Um, it's just easier when, when you have a, a platform or an outlet and you don't have to worry about, um, you know, what someone what what you know there's no there's no strings attached and so yeah. if if i um you know want to say something was was not up to par or i want to you know whatever i don't have to worry about pissing someone off um and i like that a lot better now i mean obviously i'm going to piss people off and that's probably not good but uh yeah i mean it, it, as a whole I, I i think it's better for the community it doesn't happen very often I, I don't know that it's happening at all right now frank was like totally for it because he gets tired uh, i mean it's funny watching frank from when he started hill till now because you can just when he started here before you know when he first started he didn't really ever say much and then now he'll be like did you see this fucking guy read this <laughs> look at that look what this guy's saying and i'm like yeah no i know dude it's bad um 
and, it, and it, it's it's like um you you uh somebody again podcast we did earlier the best well okay is is easton the best arrow uh, there's an argument for that. You guys have been yeah. at it the longest. Um, <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. You guys have been at it the longest. You have the biggest facility. You you financial backing. You got the largest there. Um, but there may not be something somebody wants that you guys offer. Um, for example, right. now I can say quality things like that. I've used multiple different arrows. I used Gold Tip Forever. I was using Black Eagle before this. I'm using the Axis right now. Um, that that for somebody to you got you know to to basically get a dozen arrows fletch them go shoot them a day and come back and say man this arrow is the best i've ever shot uh, he's excited but it's it's bullshit i mean how do you know right you haven't shot anything now yeah. I'm, i mean it, it it takes some time behind a, a product you didn't say uh, the kafaru was the best for you or whatever for a while like you used the hell out yeah. of those things before you even really talked to me about them much um which I, I, actually yeah because it was this year this year i've been real vocal about it because last year i just wanted to make sure to test it out i mean you know work with it so yeah exactly what you're saying yeah oh yeah for for sure um so yeah whatever i mean i i again obviously there's we we got follow i don't think frank has any haters yet give it time buddy um how could you hate me exactly um he's so cute and fluffy <laughs> um you know you get you get you got haters you got followers you got what everything in between and um, you know, during the midst of, of when you're in industry long enough, you're going to find, you know, you're going to piss off people. There's no way around it. Um, what, uh, what, you know, what we see from the, the backside of things, you know, is, is the guys that send the same resume to the same 16 companies to get free product right. and haven't used any of them. That, that really irritates Correct. Frank. Um, yes. you know, our, our standard response when somebody's asking for stuff is, have you used your pro- our product before? I mean, Correct. we we don't want to work with a a person until they actually know they like the product. Because what if they don't uh-huh. like it? Then you're contractually obligated, and they gotta say shit they don't want to. Um, it, it's just a bad deal. So the industry is definitely well, yeah, in it area. is. It is well, like for me, I mean, like one of the thing that I drives me nuts the most is when I'm at a 3D shoot event or whatever. I mean, like for instance, our X10 was the best arrow, you know, X10 Pro Tour for target shooting is one. I mean. You know, Olympics, we want championships. I mean, you know, super, you know, high end arrow. And when someone comes up to me and they tell me, oh, I shoot X10s if you gave them to me. And uh-huh. one time I told a guy, I'd get, I'd give, I could flush up the air, X10s, give them to a monkey and he'd probably shoot them, okay? <laughs> I mean, yeah. You know, I, I, the, the re- I respond, and people, you know, who come to you like that just drive me crazy. I mean, you know, I like the ones that truly use the product. Like, for instance, when we started, Instagram wasn't a big thing. I mean, you know, wasn't around. And now you see all these, you know, people, hey, I got 50,000 followers and you should sponsor me, which some of those people are great. Don't get me wrong. But honestly, I like the guy who's buying those arrows, got 500 followers and is just pumped about them and loves the product and loves the brand. And I'm talking about, I mean, those are the type of people I'm really starting to see, you know, the grassroots, I think it's going, coming back to the grassroots, the, you know, guy in the shop, you know, guy hanging out with his buddies. I mean, like, like me, you're not going to see me on, you know, Instagram going, oh, this Kafaru pack is the greatest pack in the whole entire world. Kafaru life, Kafaru forever. I mean, Aaron Snyder is the man, hashtag, all that stuff. 
you know. <laughs> Shut up. You know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's but like you know, it's it's like I said. I mean, I you know, people ask me, you want to know my honest opinion on something? Ask me. I mean, you know, the only thing, only thing Frank and I are going on right now, we're just trying to get a spam sponsorship. But other than that, I mean, <laughs> you know, we love all different products, but it's I think it's bad going back to the grassroots of things where. You know, you start talking to someone and they use the product. They generally love the product, not just because it's free. Yeah. And, you know, just, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, for sure. But, well, cool. Well, we should probably wrap this up because um, I actually have to do some actual work today. Um, and uh, Is everything good on this one? I hope so. I really um, hope so. If not, I mean, actually, I just read an email where a guy says, uh, Frank and I, the audio is great, and the people calling in, the audio sucks. Well, uh, they're calling in on a cell phone, brother. Uh, there's not a lot we can do about that, right? Technology, I know we sent people to the moon, but uh, we've got what we've got in front of us. We'll work on the audio, but people calling in on a cell phone, I don't, I don't know that it'll ever get any better through Skype. That It, it is what it is. Um, but, man, I appreciate having you on and appreciate the friendship, um, you know, over the years. And uh, definitely we'll have yeah. to all try and go hunt together at some point. Heck, yeah. Again, yeah, 10 years, Aaron. Can you believe it? 10 years and you and I have never had a fight. Look at that, huh? Longer than Romance. I had my ex-girlfriend that's now my wife, which I still don't understand. But our relationship lasted longer than that. <laughs> right on. Oh Lord! Well, right. thanks for having me on. <laughs> so, thanks for having me on, and Frank, thank you for everything, man. Thanks for coming out hunting with us, and thanks for helping my boy out. And that was probably one of the, you know, he'll never forget that moment. So, we, yeah, you know, we appreciate it. Yep. Likewise, man. It was a great time, and like I said, we'll, like Aaron said, we'll have to do it. We'll have to do it again, and get old Aaron out there to, to send a few arrows, and I think everybody would have a good time. So, looking forward to to the That's future right. for sure. Yeah. Hey. Burritos, coffee, and Wu-Tang. Uh, oh, what yeah. Yeah, speaking of that, we, we had a morning routine every day. We'd stop at Rancheritos, and we'd stop at McDonald's and get coffee. And I don't think Rancheritos one time got our order right. Even when I left, the day I went home, I went and got a breakfast burrito, and it ended up being like a bunch of different meat that I didn't order. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was part that was part of the fun, man. It was a great time. That's funny. Well, I, on that note, I'd like to bring up, we'd like to thank our sponsors for this uh, specific podcast which is uh, spam uh, grizzly chew because i'm trying to quit copenhagen uh, tortillas and eastern <laughs> archery products <laughs> thank you appreciate that man yeah no no problem take it easy isaac we'll talk to you soon enough see you later all right bye bye